Hey everybody, this is Zach. I'm here with Laura. You're listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. Thank you for listening. Um, we are excited about today's topic, or at least Laura is. She got me to talk about sex again. That was just a few weeks ago, but this time uh, we take a little bit different approach. Um, there's a big difference between desire and arousal, and we explore a little bit about how to build both. So um, stick around. Hi there. Hey, what's happening? Happy to Happy Tuesday. Do you have do, do you see clients? Yeah, I think it is. Do you see clients today? I see online clients today. So I uh-huh. I'm in uh, I'm in my slippers and my hoodie and my like you know just regular stuff instead of my I really get dressed up for clients day. No, you don't. Do you know what I do to dress up for my clients? Since all of them are virtual clients, I take no. my hat off. I took my I take my hat off and I put on a little bit of lipstick. Right on. You're welcome, but you can never tell what I have on the bottom half because I never stand up, or at least okay. I try not to. Okay. Okay. What's new with you? So yeah, I have a few clients today, but they're um, they're all over. They're not in my office. Cool. What's new with me? Uh, you know what I was thinking about is I. It's the middle of January, and I'm kind of like not really sure what's next. It's weird. Um, last year at this time, we were getting ready to go to Cabo, but it's we're not going February. This year. Yeah. Ooh. Why aren't you going to Cabo this year? Well, we go every other year. Um, and this is oh, our off got year. it, got it, got it. So okay. and then there's just a bunch of other stuff that's kind of just happening in our in our life right now in our family. So we're kind of like we're kind of chilling this year and we just don't have a like a like a next. And it's kind of uh it's kind of weird. Yeah. I, need a, I, need a I hear Salt Lake City, Utah is nice in the winter. Why would I go to Salt Lake if City? There's an apartment. Mm, I don't know. Special people live there. But there's an apartment that waits for you and your family, so you can come play on the slopes and visit me. What What would we do there? I mean, seriously, what would we do if we came to Salt Lake City? You could. What do, What is What do you What do people do there in Salt Lake? There's so many things. I mean, I run an Airbnb, so I am constantly telling people what to do. But there's really great food. Um, there's not much of a nightlife that I know of because I'm basically asleep by eight thirty p.m. every night. I'm saying to somebody, I was like, I know nothing about. Nightlife. I know mom life, and that means I'm asleep by eight thirty. Um, but the Mountain Sundance Film Festival, you would be so into that. You should come next year for Sundance. Actually, no, because you'll be in Cabo. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. What's next for you? Anything? Do you have a next? Mm, I, I have a whole bunch of events that are coming up. I'm really uh, starting to up my speaking game, so doing more uh, events and workshops and like all around. And then you and I are actually trying to do more workshops. So if you're interested in bringing Zach and, and me to your city, you can hire us uh, to come and do workshops. We need a theme song. And do you know what I always think? I always sing this. There's this Ben Fold song called Zach and Sarah. Yeah. And it's Zach with C, Zach without a C and Sarah without an, with no H. Anyway, I go Zach and Laura because that's how the song goes. It goes Zach and Sarah. But I sing Zach and Laura. <laughs> so we need to like. That's it. You just turn did that it. into our theme song. All right. Yeah. That's our theme song. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I yeah. don't have anything else really coming up. I'm just I'm a busy bee and we're looking forward to. Uh, you know what? We're going to Sun Valley. We're going to go snowboard and my, we're putting our son Where's that? in ski lessons, which I'm against. Sun Valley, Idaho. It's just a nice little thing. I'm against ski lessons, by the way. Uh, this whole Why? because Why? it is expensive and I just I have to keep telling myself that it is 
an investment in the future of freedom for me and my husband to be able to mm. go on mm. the slopes without having to be with our kid 100% of the time. But ski lessons for a three-year-old, for soon-to-be four-year-old, it's bonkers. It's a silly idea, but I'm just saying yes because Ryan felt strongly about it. Just saying yes. Mm. Anyway, mm. Um, I, wanted to, right. I wanted to talk about sex. I had a reporter. Again? Yep. I, I think it's an important topic. It's one of my favorites, but I know that... Didn't we just talk about this like three weeks ago? Totally. But you know what? There's people out there that are having sex and they want to know about it. And there's people that aren't having sex and they want to know about it. So I think we should talk about it. Right? I have this friend. Yeah, I have this friend who um, who doesn't listen to the podcast because she's... I don't know. She's, she's like not a good friend. Too, too, too good for it or something. Mm-hmm. But she's like all about sex and like talking about sex and talking about how sex impacts our life and stuff. Yeah. We've been trading texts over the last couple of days. And hmm. so maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just quote her. Yeah. Maybe you should include your wife on those text messages. If you're texting with a friend about sex and it's a female, just saying, well, it's not, a, it's not quite like that, but sure. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so what I did was a reporter wanted to know, I think it was Reader's Digest, had reached out and said, hey, what are the complaints that you're hearing most often from couples? And hands down, I am getting this complaint most often. And it's interesting because we just you know, we just did a podcast last week that was about mixed agenda couples. And that's kind of similar in that couples rarely have the desire to have sex at the same time. And I, I basically said, okay, imagine that you and your partner are both holding coins in your hand. And I want for you to imagine that heads represents the desire to have sex and tails represents no desire to have sex. And I want for both of you to flip your coins at the same time. And how long does it take for both of you to flip your coins? How many flips does it take before both of you land your coins on heads? I don't, I'm sure that there's like a mathematician listening to this and you're like, well, I can tell you the probability. I actually tried to look it up and I couldn't find it. Um, but it's, it's a low probability that both of you are going to flip your coins and it's both going to, they're both going to land on heads representing the desire to have sex at the same exact time. And I think that the assumption for couples is that healthy couples who have a healthy sex life are both going to have desire at the same time to have sex, that there's going to be this spontaneous spark. And all of a sudden, both of them are going to want to just like jump into bed and make love at the same exact time. And not only that, but it's going to happen five times a week or seven times a week or maybe even three times a week. And the truth is that's just not going to happen. The The probability is of both of you having desire at the same exact time is is pretty low. What says you on that, Zach? Well, that assumes that the the desire to have sex is random, right? It just it assumes that there's some kind of thing or condition that has to happen to you that's a sort of outside of your control. The thing that is interesting to me is what do you what do you do about the difference? What do you do about heads tails? Right. Um, and how do you how do you um, sort of be the tails person, for example, mm-hmm. who then leans into the desired leans into their desire even if it's latent or even if it's not quite present or or is it an opportunity to be woken up mm-hmm. right yeah um to your desire yeah um, and to let your partner kind of uh tr- maybe treat you mm-hmm. so i think there's lots of there's a, the thing about sex though that's so intriguing to me is how loaded it is both both 
physically and psychologically. Like, mm. um, you know, men obviously can kind of be physically aroused almost at any moment. Uh, that still that may not mean that they want to psychologically have sex right. with their partner. Right. It just may mean that they're physically aroused. Yeah. So it's an it's a it's a challenging it's a challenging equation or challenging mathematical situation mm-hmm. to be navigating. Mm-hmm. Like just because your partner wakes up with morning wood and it's like digging into your back doesn't mean they want to have sex with you. It just means that they It may just mean they need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> they just need to go to the which is an interesting thing to watch a man do. I just have to say. <laughs> um so here's one suggestion that I have is one just have the conversation that I think having expectations or letting your partner know, I'm always surprised by the lack of education or the lack of knowledge that people have in general about sex, that um, that you kind of have to lower the bar, that your expectations of, hey, we're both going to spontaneously be aroused and have the desire at the same time, and not only that, but five times a week, is is actually pretty in, inaccurate. And so if you were to talk to your partner and say, I actually think it's pretty rare when we both have the desire. So what are we going to do about it if one of us is desiring sex and the other one doesn't desire sex at that time? And um, so I have this idea that it's it's not going to be spontaneous. Sex that's spontaneous is is probably pretty rare in the first place. But sex can be planned which I'm a big fan of because for mm-hmm. women, if you're a crock pot, you get to turn that crock pot on and let it simmer all day long. Um, or what do you do to get yourself in the mood? So, I mean, there's a lot, I think that it's important for people to know what gets them in the mood. Um, and if it is a, a thing that you, I always say this, but like your, your greatest sex organ is your brain and you really just have to mm-hmm. turn your brain on and engage it in a way that you know is going to help you become aroused or have the desire. Uh, so, Okay, now this is actually a really interesting question to me because I think the last time we talked about sex, we were talking about actually actual lovemaking. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a little bit different, which is what is the... What is the, 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 what's the foreplay, right? Like, and it could be, it could start at 8 a.m. Um, even totally. if you're not going to be in the same room together mm-hmm. until 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it? Like, what is it that you are aware of that turns you on right. or that gets you excited about sex? You know, yeah. um, is it, uh, is it a racy text during the day or is it just the, the knowledge that it's on the calendar for Wednesday night mm-hmm. or is it, um, a certain cologne or perfume or is it, um, I don't know. Is it after exercise, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, you want to have like a vigorous like day on the slopes or a day at the gym and you know that that kind of gears you up. I think being able to pay attention to that and then also to share that information with your partner is really critical because I know that if I am smarter about what turns my wife on Mm -hmm. um, and I'm interested in having sex, I'm going to try and create those conditions for her um, starting as early as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I had a I had a client that said, you know what? I just don't actually know what turns me on. And I was like, awesome, mm. man, what a fun experiment you get to have. You get to spend, you know, the next 30 days exploring your sexuality and trying to figure out what brings desire on for you. And 
one of the things that we recognize is, and I, we've mentioned this in the past, is like what brings desire on for her is when her husband uh, cleans the house, when her husband mm. takes the kids to the park, when when she has time to go and work out, she feels like she's taking a little bit of me time. Uh, when her husband offers to do a little cooking, whatever it might be, that brings desire on for her. But what brings arousal on and makes her physically aroused and feeling good, that's the piece that she is still discovering. And it's a mm. it's a it's an important piece of the puzzle to know for yourself so that you can share that with your partner so that your partner knows how to arouse you. Um, so and, and there's so many different things, yeah. right? Like. If, well, and there's two parts of that, right? Like the, the sorry, the housework piece. Mm-hmm. There's kind of two parts of that that we know about. One is that maybe it's just kind of sexy to watch your husband do something that he doesn't typically do. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just uh, feels like a blessing or feels like a, a piece of service or something, maybe. But the other part is that we know, particularly for women, that when they have a to-do list in their head and that to-do list is not checked off, maybe it includes the kitchen being clean or maybe it includes the garbage being taken out that when their partners can eliminate stuff from their list, they are able to create more cognitive space for arousal and desire to kind of come into that that space. So um, I'm laughing because there is, there's this video that was circling uh, social media for a while. And it's these two women on a park bench and, and they're at like the, the playground park and you're just watching them. They're just, Oh, objectifying this male and uh, you're thinking it's just a super sexy and like the camera pans and it passes over this really hot dude and he's doing pull ups on like the playground equipment, takes his shirt off and then the camera continues to pan and it's this dad changing a diaper like a baby diaper and they're just <laughs> ogling him and it is hilarious. Yeah. And just the whole time they're just sitting there and objectifying this dad that's taking good care of, of their child. And uh, and sometimes that's so true. Right. When when you see your partner stepping in and taking care of your needs, that can kick the desire. in. I do want to like make a differentiation. We're using two separate words, desire and arousal. And I think that that's important to recognize that they are two separate things. One is like recognizing that you want to connect. You want to have sex with your partner. Another one um, is that you're aroused, like you're ready. You physically, men and women are different. It's a little easier to see with men mm-hmm. when they're aroused, but you're aroused and you're turned on. And um, Well, and I actually think it's a little bit easier both to see because obviously there's an engorged right. organ. Yeah. But the other thing is like, it's actually easier to be aroused than it is to to be, uh, to have desire, right? Mm. Like, um because particularly for men, we, you, you mentioned that women are kind of like a crockpot. And when men are kind of like a, a microwave, mm-hmm. you know, we can kind of become aroused at any at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that desire is present. And so I'm actually that's another piece of like inquiry for me is to kind of go, what does it mean for men mm-hmm. to to awaken their desire, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and and in a way that honors their partner. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, obviously, you can have sex in a way that doesn't have desire. And that's that's fine, I guess, from time to time, but you you never want to feel like you're just objectifying right. or being objectified. Right. Yeah. Um, in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe maybe it's a conversation between partners of differentiating desire and arousal and what that looks like. 
gosh, as we're talking about this, I I really think it's important that we talk about masturbation. And maybe this isn't the episode um, to dive into that. But if you're interested in hearing about masturbation, I think I would be very pleased to talk about it. Zach, maybe not so much. <laughs> you're probably like, why do you make me what? talk about these things? <laughs> No, it's okay. I, I understand. I, I've, I have a, I, I understand. I know what it is. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, glad I've to heard know. of it before. <laughs> well, that's another one too, that is so, um, it's so wrapped up in both physiology and psychology, mm-hmm. you know, um, and people do have a hard time differentiating, particularly when they, they attach, you know, shame and secrecy and, mm. um, and all these other kind of, uh, sort of hidden uh, parts of it, you know, because masturbation, the, kind of the the one of the one of the primary traits of masturbation is that you do it alone, right? And that is often a place where people can cultivate shame and yeah, and embarrassment, and and they turn sex into this thing that shouldn't be celebrated, and mm-hmm. that's that's tough too. Yeah, well, and not just uh, alone, but even um, gosh, I just thinking about this, but even partners who they want to have sex, they say, Hey, you know, honey, do you want to have sex? And the partner doesn't have the desire to do it. And they say, Nope, I'm not interested in having sex. And it now all of a sudden the partner that was, you know, turned down or rejected for sex, like, okay, well then I will just uh, go down to the basement and I will see you in 15 hmm. minutes. Um, and what does that mean? And is that okay? And I think it's just, it's really about that clear communication and not just keeping these things secret between the two of you are saying, well, I don't even know if my partner masturbates. Like, what, you, what, how could you not know if your partner masturbates? I mean, I think that it should be something that you know about and it's clearly discussed. I mean, it has some boundaries in your relationship as to what the two of you agree is okay and what's not okay. Um, and maybe the boundaries are sure you can masturbate, but I'd approve or I would, um, you know, really appreciate if you didn't masturbate to pornography, that might be a boundary that you establish in your relationship. Maybe it's that, Hey, give me the, give me the opportunity first to jump your bones before you jump your own. Who knows? Hmm. Um, hmm. all right. Well, this has taken an interesting turn. Um, as things are want to do when <laughs> <laughs> as they obviously do um okay well let's uh let's wrap this up and again if there is a topic that is really interesting to you that you want us to discuss if you have what we would call kind of like a case study if you want to share some details about your relationship and ask some questions we're happy to weigh in on our opinions and thoughts and hope hopefully educate a little bit just send in us an email info at fourbetter.us and i will respond to your email and then i'll just Give Zach the details. <laughs> um, where do we land on this? Do we land on like, it's really about education, like uh, that there's a difference between desire and arousal and that it's really important to be, come aware personally of mm-hmm. what the difference is for you. And then to give that information away to your partner in a way that, that enhances or at least informs your your sexual practice. Is that where we landed? Yeah. And I also think that it's important too to recognize that you're not always going to be in the mood, but that doesn't mean you can't be in the mood. I guess I didn't, I didn't specify that, that if you don't have desire, it doesn't mean the desire isn't going to come. It just means that you might have to create that desire for yourself. And that's a, if, if your partner, if you find that like you just have a low, a low desire, low sexual desire, and your partner is more of a high sexual desire, um, there is 
I mean, I would want to please my partner. And in some circumstances, that might mean that I need to take some ownership over getting to a point where maybe I can create desire for myself. And that might mean that I'm going to need you to send me a text, you know, at one o'clock in the afternoon and say, hey, baby, I'm super horny. I'm coming home tonight and I would love to ravish you in the bedroom. And now it's like, okay, I've got five hours. I need, I have five hours <laughs> to prepare my desire. Cause right now I am in the middle of working with clients. I have zero desire, uh, but I can get myself to that point. And what it might take is I might need to go take a shower. I need, might need to shave. I might need to put on some sexy laundry. I might need to read some erotica. I might need to whatever, play the greatest hits in my head of our previous experiences. Um, and then when you come home, I'm going to be so ready for you. So just because you are not, you, you're both flipping your coins and one of you lands on heads, one of you lands on tails, it doesn't mean you can't flip. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And then the other, the other side of that, I would say, is just because your coins don't land on the same page and, and maybe you're not ready for intercourse doesn't mean you don't have an opportunity for intimacy yeah. because those two things don't have to be uh, the same. Yeah. And you can actually... Um, could actually lean into intimacy without uh, needing to feel like you have to kind of have sex. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a different version of the same conversation, but that I'm with that you. people in my head's at about it too. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Well, this is probably one of my favorite episodes. I say it every time we talk about sex. Um, please send me an email and just say, Laura, thank you so much for talking about sex because I feel like I have to like coerce my partner here into talking about it with me. So. I just need that encouragement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Until next time. Adios. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Just as a reminder, we do have a very cool workshop that's coming up March 22nd and 23rd in Seattle, Washington. It's a two-day relationship workshop that's based off of all the seven principles of making marriage work by Dr. John Gottman. I'm a master trainer for the program. I actually helped to co-develop the program and I wrote the workbook that we'll be using it is a workshop that Zach and I will be leading. It's $287 for the couple, which is an incredible deal. It starts on a Friday from 6 o'clock p.m. until 9 o'clock, and then it starts back up on Saturday from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. So you have a great opportunity to come to Seattle, get a hotel room, make it an experience to strengthen your relationship all on a weekend and have a wonderful time with Zach and myself. You can do that by going to marriagetherapyradio.com and registering for the event by clicking on the tab that says workshop. Thank you so much for all of the time and attention you're putting towards your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.